Hi, I'm Leslie Ludi, host of the Set Apart Podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. Today I want to talk about building daily intimacy with Christ, staying in that place of abiding in Him and sitting at His feet no matter how busy life becomes. I know for me this is something I need to be reminded of on a regular basis because I can be focused on Christ, building my day around Him, and then something will change in my life or some busyness will come in and I can easily get off track and become way more of a Martha than a Mary. Before we dive in, I wanted to remind you that our Set Apart magazine is now coming out four times a year. It's a quarterly magazine every season. There's another beautiful print magazine that releases with the goal of pointing you closer to Jesus Christ. So if you're looking for encouragement for your daily quiet times or a way to share the Set Apart message with other women in your life, please go to setapartgirl.com and click on the magazine link and you can learn how to become a subscriber to our new four times a year print magazine which is specifically geared for women of all ages. Let's dive into building daily intimacy with Christ. It says in John 10, 27, my sheep know my voice and I know them and they follow me. And that is a beautiful promise that as we walk closely with God, as we pursue him, as we build our life around him, rather than just fitting him in, we learn to know his voice and know him. It also says in Psalm twenty-five, fourteen, the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him and he will show them his covenant. God entrusts his plans, his wisdom, his heart, his burdens to us when we know him, when we fear him, when we build our lives around around him. I can think of a couple examples that I've read about in biographies that have really inspired me. One was from Darlene Dibler. I've spoken about her many times on this podcast. She was an American missionary taken captive by the Japanese in Indonesia during the Second World War, and she was separated from her friends, her family, her parents for about eight years, being in prison and concentration camps. She lost her husband. It was just quite an extreme situation that she went through. And when she finally came back to the United States after the war was over, she was able to get to a payphone, and the Red Cross was helping her try to locate her family. She didn't even know if they were still alive. And finally, she was able to get through, and immediately her mother's voice came on the phone and said her name, Hello, Darlene. And she said, Even though I had not heard her voice for eight years, I knew it was mother. And that is the same way I feel when I hear the voice of my Lord. And I thought, what a beautiful testimony of her close, intimate walk with God that she would recognize when he speaks to her heart the same way she recognizes her mother's voice. Another story I think of is from Corey Ten Boom when she was traveling and preaching the gospel and sharing her testimony all over the world. She really trusted God to direct her of which city she should go to, where and when and how, what flights she should get on. And she felt really strongly that she was supposed to take a specific route through the ocean from one country to another to another. And the travel agent she was working with said there is no way to go that route because there would have to be an island in the middle of the ocean for the plane to refuel. And Corey Ten Boom was confused. She said, well, I thought God had spoken to me, but I just will have to pray that God puts an island in the middle of the ocean. And so she jokingly said that to the, the travel agent agent called her and said, did you really pray for that? And Corey Ten Boom said, yes, actually I did. And she said, well, God's answered your prayer because now the plane makes a, t- a stop at a place we've never had an airport before. And it's it's on the route. And so you can go the exact route that you feel God is leading you to go. So again, that's just such a beautiful testimony of being so in tune with the voice of God. Most of us just sort of look at people who have that kind of relationship with God and think, 
well, that's for special Christians. I don't really feel that close to God. I don't feel like I know his voice that well. If we desire to draw closer to Jesus Christ, though, we are not helpless. That kind of intimacy with him is not just for special Christians. It says in James, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So when we take that proactive step to say, Lord, I am drawing near to you. I am coming near. I am sitting at your feet. I am pursuing you. He draws near to us. He doesn't leave us sort of at arm's length where we're pursuing him, but he's hard to be found. He wants to be found by us. But often I feel like we balk at the doing the thing that actually leads to deeper intimacy with him, and that is spending purposeful, focused time in his presence every day. A.W. Tozer said, the man who would know God, it could also be the woman who would know God, must spend time with him, must give time to him. And what a simple statement, but it is probably one of the biggest challenges that we face in our modern busy culture. We can esteem sitting at the feet of Jesus, but it's very hard to make it practical. We have loads of things vying for our attention. We have a lot of excuses where we feel like we have a good reason for not going to the feet of Jesus. I think about the parable Jesus told of the man who prepared a great banquet feast and he invited all of his friends and each one of them made excuses. I have married a wife, so I cannot come. I have bought a yoke of oxen and I need to go test them. I bought this piece of land. I need to go and see it. So there were all these reasons why his friends could not come and join him at that feast. And yet what were they missing out when they turned down this amazing banquet feast just to tend to these other things in their life? They probably thought they had a very good reason, but it's so symbolic. God prepares this incredible feast, his love, his joy, his wisdom, his guidance, his heart. He wants to share those things with us on a daily basis. And so often we say, I'm sorry, I'm doing this. I can't come. Please have me excused, just like those men did. And we're missing out on the greatest thing of all because every bit of strength that we need for what we are called to face every single day comes from going to that banquet table, from feasting on all of the spiritual riches that he has prepared for us. It says in Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. God may feel distant, but when we actually pursue him with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength, he will be found. Think about the man who was paralyzed and the friends that wanted to get him to the feet of Jesus so he could be healed. When they saw the obstacles in their way, they saw the crowd, they saw the house, they saw that there was no way to get to Jesus. Most of us would turn around at that point and say, okay, well, there's just no way to get to Jesus. There's too many obstacles in my way. But those friends of this man said, we are not going to let any obstacle keep us from getting our friend to the feet of Jesus. They went up to the roof. They took the tiles off the roof. They got very creative to get that man right at the feet of Jesus. And that is the, the, the same kind of passion that we need to have when it comes to sitting at his feet on a daily basis. So I'd like to share with you three ways to deepen your intimacy with Christ every single day even in the midst of your busy life. And the first one, which I've talked about in other podcasts, but it's a great reminder for this particular topic, and that is to meet him in the secret place. It says in Matthew 6, 6, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. Now that's a fairly lost concept in our world today because we don't often guard the intimacy and that personal connection just with with Christ very well. We sometimes feel like we need to share every bit of our spiritual journey with other people, post it on social media, or process what we're learning spiritually with others before it actually can be real in our lives. But there's something so valuable about first and foremost going to meet him in the secret place, that place where no one else is, is there and it's just you and him. 
It's such a beautiful way to build intimacy with him. Scripture really does have a lot to say about keeping secrets. It talks about giving in secret, praying in secret, meeting God in the secret place, guarding secrets that are entrusted to us. And I think about Mary, the mother of Jesus, who had every reason to tell all the secrets, all of the things that God was doing in her life. She had so many amazing things she could have shared with others, but it said that she kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. It says in Psalm 91, he who dwells in the secret place will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So we are meant to have this private, intimate communion with Jesus Christ on a regular basis. It does not mean that sharing spiritual things or sharing our spiritual journey with others is wrong, but so often we allow talking with other people about spiritual things to replace that intimacy that we are supposed to have with Jesus Christ. Amy Carmichael has a book where she was talking about going through something really challenging that nobody could understand, a personal, private struggle. And she said, I am dispirited. I cannot speak to anyone of the cause. It is private. And God's answer to her was, I heard thee in the secret place of the storm, in the secret place among the unspoken things. There I am. It is such an incredible joy and privilege to meet him in that secret place, that private place in the soul where only he can comfort, only he can understand. That really builds our intimacy with him. And any kind of sharing with other people or hearing from other people on a spiritual walk is meant to be an outflow of what happens with our Lord in that secret place. And even if nobody else in the world can offer anything helpful to what we may be going through, we need to remember he is the God of all comfort. He knows, he hears, he meets us there in that beautiful secret place. He is the all-sufficient one. He is the God of all comfort. His help is far superior than human help, as it says in Psalm 108. So when we feel alone, when our struggles are just too private to be shared with others, he is always waiting to meet us in that secret place. So when we learn how to take our private cares and struggles to him, turn to him first, go to him in that secret place, whether it's a closet or just in the quietness of our own heart or just taking a walk alone and just pouring out our heart to him, that will build an amazing intimate walk with him. Learn to make him your first turn. Learn to make him the God of all comfort and don't always look to other people to meet needs in your heart that only he can meet. Another key for daily intimacy with Christ is to steward your time. And we've definitely talked about this in many other podcasts. We often think that what will revive us spiritually is just taking a break, just unplugging, just unwinding. And and of course, those things can be healthy and good. But what will really refuel us spiritually is going to the feet of Jesus. It's not me time that we need. It's God time. That's what really refreshes us at the soul level. And as Corey Ten Boom said, don't pray when you feel like it. Have an appointment with the Lord and keep it. Sometimes it boils down to just simple discipline, building our lives around God's priorities, whether we feel like it at first or not. It says in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Now, the word discipline often makes us think of things like legalism and lists of rules and regulations, but godly discipline is not like that. It is actually an act of worship, crucifying our selfish agenda in order to surrender to Christ's pure and perfect agenda, as it says in Romans 12, 1. Discipline, spiritual discipline that is born out of a love and passion for Jesus Christ does not bring misery and restriction into our lives. It brings glorious freedom. When our bodies and our emotions are subject to the Spirit of God, we are free to live as He calls us to live rather than being enslaved to our selfish desires. We are able to give our time, our energy, and our lives fully to the things 
of his kingdom. I've noticed in my own life that during seasons when I've embraced a disciplined lifestyle as an act of worship, my intimacy with Christ has flourished. Whenever I say, it doesn't matter how much time I spend in prayer, I find that my relationship with him slips to the back burner and I end up talking a lot about him without really knowing him. It's not just the act of being disciplined that draws me closer to Christ, but discipline does allow me to hear his voice, understand his truth, and connect with his heart in a way that is really impossible when I'm being controlled by selfishness and apathy. Now, there's a big difference between spiritual discipline and human willpower. Human willpower just digs down deep and says, I'm going to make this happen. Spiritual discipline surrenders to the enabling grace of God and says, Lord, I can't do this, but you do this through me. And it's born out of love and passion for Jesus Christ. I just want to share a few tidbits here of how you can begin to steward your time, to put priority on time at the feet of Jesus. First and foremost, choose the important over the urgent. It says that we are to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and everything else that we need will fall into place. And yet we really struggle with that in our modern society. The things that are urgent usually claim our time and attention, whether that's a ding on our phone, a buzz, a beep, a text, a voicemail, an email. Those things feel very urgent because we surround ourselves with those devices that vie for our attention constantly. But what is truly important is cultivating our relationship with Christ and being attuned to his spirit and really stepping out into those divine appointments that he has for us every single day. We so often miss them because we surround ourselves with those urgent buzzes and dings. So be very watchful that you don't let the urgent crowd out the important. Also choose the eternal over the temporal. So as you're going about your daily life, think about what is really going to last for eternity and what is going to evaporate into the wind and social media, all of the things that we see all around us, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Those things can seem very attractive and very important to us, but we need to be investing our time, our focus, our resource into things that will actually last for eternity. Also be creative with your time. Look for those hidden opportunities in every day that you may not think about that are just sitting there, maybe listening to audio scripture as you do things around the house, praying while you're driving rather than just mindlessly listening to songs or reading scripture in your spare moments rather than just checking Instagram. Finding short but powerful devotionals is also a great way to grow spiritually in busy seasons. Devotionals like My Utmost for His Highest or Streams in the Desert or even Daily Light, which compiles themed scriptures for every day of the year. Those devotionals have been around for decades and they have really so much power and poignancy in very short periods of time. Also put boundaries around things like social media and entertainment and other distractions. I love this quote from John Hyde, who was known for his powerful praying. He said, early in the morning at four or five o'clock and late at night to 12 or one o'clock in college or parties at home, I used to keep such hours for myself or pleasure. Can I not do as much for God? and for souls. What a convicting statement. We're so willing to stay up late and and put a lot of energy and put other things aside to do things that are fun or social, but how often are we willing to make those same sacrifices for prayer, to sit at the feet of Jesus? Thirdly, another practical is learn to know his voice. We often make the mistake of thinking that God's voice is speaking to us when it's really our own desires and emotions. A lot of us assume that because we have a personal desire, it has to have been placed there by God. Psalm 37, 4 
is one of my very favorite scriptures. It says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. That doesn't mean he just gives you whatever you want. It means that as you delight in him, he places his desires within your heart. So in order to truly delight in him and receive the desires of our hearts from him, we have to be soft and pliable to his will and his ways because the term delight in that verse actually means soft and pliable. If we cling tightly to our own desires, we aren't really delighting in him. And when it says give, he will give you the desires of your heart. It means to deliver or to put. So in other words, as we delight in him, he puts the right desires in our hearts. He shapes the desires of our hearts to match his desires for our lives. One of the ways you can tell that God is beginning to shape your desires is you you start to desire unusual things. You no longer are pining after the same things the world is pining after. You're desiring to win souls, to pour out your life, to live for the glory of God. Sort of like those five missionaries who died trying to reach the Aka Indians with the gospel. They were like children on Christmas morning. They were so excited, even though they knew how risky it was and that it might cost their lives. That is such a sign of God putting his desires within their hearts. Now, there are times when he may choose to grant certain desires that you already have in your heart. So for instance, the desire to get married, to have a family, but it is very important that our desires are first and foremost completely yielded to him. Otherwise, we can't learn to know his voice. I love Psalm 27, 14, wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Now, why is the phrase be strong and take heart associated with waiting for the Lord? I believe it's because taking time to wait and let God make your path clear requires strength of soul. It requires faith. The Bible says that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Do we believe that promise? Are we diligently seeking him in order to find that reward that he has for those who wait expectantly for him? We oftentimes think that if we wait for God's desires to enter our heart and wait for him to direct our steps, his plans for us are going to be miserable. But when we are in the center of his will, we could not be more fulfilled. And you can read all sorts of scripture, all sorts of historical examples of men and women who really had difficult lives and difficult circumstances, but they were fulfilled at the deepest level because they were in the center of God's will. Some of the most intense Psalms that David ever wrote were when he was in a cave or he was running for his life or he was captured by the Philistines, but he was joyful and fulfilled in the presence of God because he was right in the center of God's will. Corey Ten Boom says, God has plans, not problems for our lives, which is so beautiful and so true. So if you're facing any kind of decision, small or big, take purposeful time away from outside input, away from outside distractions, and learn to wait upon God. Spend time in his word. Ask him to speak to you specifically through scripture, through giving you a clear sense of his direction in your own heart, and he will be faithful to guide you, and you will learn to hear his voice. I would also encourage you as a practical way to build intimacy with Christ is to remember the concept of the endless frontier. Endless frontier is something that Eric and I have talked about for years in our ministry, and it's this idea that there is always more to discover in our relationship with Christ. It's so easy to get to a specific place in our spiritual journey and then just pitch our tent and settle and say, well, I guess I've discovered what there's to to discover. But when you read the word of God, when you understand who Jesus is, you realize there is always more depth, always more of him to know and seek and understand and pursue. And it doesn't mean that what we have right now in our spiritual journey is not real or valuable. There is always more pressing on, going deeper, going after him more and more and more every day. That's the endless frontier. The hymn by Fanny Crosby captures it so well. I am happy, O my Savior, 
for I know that I am thine through the pure and perfect cleansing of thy precious blood divine. But my soul would rise still higher. There are greater joys for me. I am longing. I am praying for a closer walk with thee. Savior, come abide with me. I am longing. I am praying for a closer walk with thee. Tis thy hand thy clouds removing, scatters sunshine over my way. I am feasting at the banquet of thy mercy every day, but my soul would drink more deeply at the fount of life so free. O my Savior, I am pleading for a closer walk with thee. To the heights of sacred rapture that I have never yet known, let me soar away in triumph until my faith shall touch thy, thy throne. In the wide unfathomed ocean of thy mighty love so free, let the tidal wave roll over me till my soul is lost in thee. Let that be the cry of our heart today. Lord, I am so satisfied in you today, but I want to know you more. I hope this episode has been encouraging for you. If you would like to go deeper into building a closer daily walk with Christ, I encourage you to go to our website, setapartgirl.com and see the many resources that we have for you there on building a Christ-centered life. Thank you. God bless.